I have a given text. Uh, it's kind of long, so I ask uh, Elijah to read the passage. It is from Book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 13 to 34. So let's welcome uh, Elijah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all these took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going far, farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Amen. Thank you, Elijah. Uh, is there hope for the broken dream? Uh, back in uh, 1950, Harvard University and John Hopkins University did a joint experiment on uh, hope. Uh, uh, how hope can affect those people who go through hardship. Uh, two sets of laboratory rats were placed uh, in top of water. They put, uh, let's say, a bunch of rats in one tub and left them. Uh, and when they, they search, when they come back, return from, uh, uh, return to the tub, all of them got drowned. Uh, within an hour. And the other set of the rats, they place in the tub of water, then uh, before they get drowned, they pick them up. <laughs> before they get drowned, they pick them up and let them rest for a while and put them back. They did, you know, periodically. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, they swim 
24 hours. Some of the rest, they swim more than 40 hours. So the research team, they you know, came to the conclusion, if they have hope, if someone can come and you know, rescue them from the top of water, they have some special the, the power. So hope can sustain them that, that long. And, and conclusion is, uh, if red can have that kind of experience, how much more, how much greater than we, one who are created by God's image, when we have hope, especially when you go through difficulties in our lives. Uh, I was meditating on this topic for a while since my mom was sick recently. And, and, and I was praying and uh, discussing with my sibling, how can we really take care of my mom and all that. And she was actually losing her, like losing herself. So I was like, oh, you know, she was, I mean, literally dying. And we've been praying, God, can you spare her another three more years? I've been actually praying for her uh, about seven years ago. She was about to die. And I've been praying, God, can you spare her five years? And God gave a chance to live another seven years. And she's ready to go. But, you know, as a child, I've been praying for her. And God, can you spare three more years? I don't know when God can take her. But, uh, but as, was, as I was, you know, preparing, uh, dealing with this issue, the thought came to my mind, hope. We got to have hope. And uh, somehow we got the medication from North Korea <laughs> through that many different means. And, and remember, seven years ago, she got better with the medication, of course, with prayer. And now we somehow got the medication and we could provide her by miracles way, miracles in a way. And uh, she was getting better. And just, hope, just waiting to get the medication, they gave me a lot of hope. Not only me, but my sibling too. So I think this topic can be very suitable for many of us, especially when we feel like there's no hope, when we face total darkness ahead of me. Uh, how do you define hope? When you look up the dictionary, this is how the English dictionary uh, defines hope. Uh, to look forward to, to look forward to with Confidence and expectation. I like this, uh, every uh, D. Miller, where she defined hope. Hope is patiently waiting expectantly for the intangible to become reality. I like her way she defined hope. Although having hope is not easy because uh, you have to have patience when situation looks dark. It's not tangible thing, but intangible to become reality. You have to have this ability. So I, I, as I was meditating this topic, hope is ability to face tomorrow with confidence and boldness, with patience. And abilities is not coming from you. I cannot create ability, I cannot create power to sustain. It is from God. So, of course it is from God, right? Everything is from God. And, and, but I, I came to the conclusion, yes, we need to have hope. All of us. 
because this is ability is from the Lord. When we have this ability to sustain, we can face anything, literally anything, whatever challenge that we face uh, today. Thank you, Elijah, for reading the, you know, this whole passage. It is actually a well-known passage. Uh, two of disciples, uh, one of the disciples named Cleopas, you're not familiar with the disciple, right? It's not one of the 12 disciples, but one of the disciples, not from 12 disciples, but other followers. And maybe his wife or his son, we don't know, because the name is not mentioned in the Bible. But two of them, they walk seven miles from Jerusalem to uh, their home in Maus. They were dis disappointed. They were disappointed disciples because they followed Jesus for solid three years. They thought Jesus, Messiah, who's going to build, reveal the kingdom over Roman Empire. They're going to throw the Roman Empire and they're going to build a new kingdom. So they had expectation. They would have freedom. They would have a great life under the Messiah, Jesus Christ. But their master died on the cross, just like criminal, and died and buried. This incident took place day after Christ rise from the dead. They didn't hear the message. They didn't know Christ was risen from the dead. So they were downcast. They, they were so uh, discouraged, disappointed. And one stranger joined their walk and began to talk to them. Hey, how are you doing? And what's going on? And they, they, they were talking. But they couldn't recognize the stranger. It was Jesus Christ, but they couldn't recognize him. Because they witnessed their master die on the cross three days ago. So there's no chance that he can be alive and talk to them, right? They couldn't recognize him. And he, when they were talking to Jesus, their hearts were burning. Wow. He, as he explained the Bible scriptures and all that, they were burning in their heart. They invite him, can you come and join us for dinner? It's getting dark. So they began to have dinner, and then finally they recognize who Jesus is. Then all of a sudden he just disappeared. They had broken dream. Their hope was disappeared with Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. But as they discover who Jesus is, their dream get restored. That's the story about you know, what Elijah actually read today. So based on this passage, I want to share uh, what hope is about and how can we hold on to hope when our situation looks dark. First point I want to share is this. Life is full of heartbreaking experiences. Do you agree with that? Can you say amen to that? Oh, yeah, amen, right? Oh, yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you know, verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their face downcast, their faces downcast. They were discouraged. They were down. Maybe some of you are here today, uh, feel like you have lost your hope. You have lost your dream, so you're so down. If that is you, I am so glad that you are here today. 
You know, whenever we gather in His name, it's not really us, but it is God who can come and speak to us. And He can touch us just in the middle of the service. So I hope and pray that God can speak to all of us today. Losing the hope and broken dream is a common thing. It is a common thing. You're You're not the only person who's going through these difficulties. How many of you failed the exam in your life? Any exam? Yeah, all, all of us, right? I know some of them, they, they are, since they're so smart, they don't fail any exam. You know, I remember I failed the driving test. <laughs> Not the actual driving one, but written test. I was so embarrassed. Like, I, I got six wrong. It's like, I have to take it again. I'm so, you know. I mean, from the small scale to big one, we fail. You know, we fail, you know, examine our lives, right? Maybe you're interested in this person and you want to ask her out, ask him out, not ask him out, but ask her out, but they say, hey, no thank you. You know, you got rejection. I mean, we do have those kind of moments in our lives. Big promotion, you don't get it. You were hoping to get into this college, but you get sorry. You know, that's part of our lives, right? Life is a series of heartbreaking experiences. I like, I like the Pastor Rick Warren. He, he, he says about, we have three different uh, characters of our life. One who, he, he described life as a going into the tunnel, going through, through the tunnel. There was a person uh, who goes through the tunnel right now. If that's you, I'm sorry, but you know, that's part of life. People go through a dark tunnel. And those people, second category of people is that they just got out of the tunnel. Just got out of the dark tunnel. Third category is uh, heading toward the dark tunnel. You just got out of the tunnel, yet another tunnel is waiting for you. That's the life. Uh, there was a newspaper, uh, company, uh, newspaper company in Nashville. Uh, they wanted to write an article uh, about the heartbreaking experience of people. So they sent a letter to local church pastors. Can you share some stories and names? One of the pastors sent them the white page, the whole Nashville telephone directory. Here is the names and you know, stories. Every one of, people, one, of, one of them, one of us, go through heartbreaking experience. So I want you to remember, you're not the only one who go through this heartbreaking experience. It is very comforting to know I'm not the only one. Hey, he and she's getting a hard time too. Which that leads to the second point. Uh, I mean, this passage here, the length of our days is 70 years or 80. Nowadays, the medication is so advanced, we can go up to like 90 and 100 years. If we have the strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. I like this passage. This is what Moses said. Trouble and sorrow is always there. Okay, second, the broken heart can take away your hope. So this is the scary thing. When we have broken heart, they can take away our hope. Hope is so important element we need to hold on to. But if we have a broken heart, it can take away 
uh, your hope. Look at verse 21. But we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had, when you look at look up in the Greek original language, it means uh, hope, keep on hoping. Hoping and hoping and hoping. They were so hoping to Messiah to build kingdom, brand new kingdom of Roman Empire. This was their hope. They were hoping and hoping. This is something they cannot uh, give up. They can give up everything, but not this one kind of deal. When you lose that hope, you may just want to end your life. And it is dangerous. Broken heart can take away uh, your hope. What about us? In this life, we dream, right? We hope and dream uh, when we expect things may happen. But in reality, we just have broken dreams and broken hopes. I love this uh, writing, uh, Emily Kingsley's writing. I, I share that with KM members. And uh, since this is not that long writing, I want to read for you guys. Uh, she, Emily, she, Kingsley, Emily Kingsley, she has a disabled child. And this is kind of her experience and her story. When you're going to have a baby, it is like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and make your wonderful plans. Colosseum, Michelangelo David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It is all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands. The flight attendant comes in and says, welcome to Holland. This is actually, the title is Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say. What do you mean, Holland? I sign up for the Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've been dreaming of going to Italy. But there's been, there has been a change in the flight plan. They have landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is that they haven't taken you to horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of famine, pestilence, and disease. It is a just different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks, and you must learn a whole new language, and you will meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. It's just different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less freshly than Italy, but after you've been there for a while, you catch your breath, you look around, and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills, and Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandt. But someone you know is busy coming and going from Italy, and they are all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain 
of death will never, ever, ever go away. Because the loss of that dream is a very, very significant loss. But that's not how she ends. At the conclusion, Mark, this is what she said. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, very lovely things about Holland. Maybe some of you guys can identify with Emily's writing. Maybe you were expecting to have a, have to have a landed in Paris, Italy. I mean, the friends, <laughs> when you thought about your marriage. We don't have that many, many couples, but, but it wasn't that you've been, you expected. It wasn't the life that you were planted to have. Maybe some of us from Korea or other parts of the world, when you first land in Los Angeles, you know, United States, land of opportunity, you were expecting to have grand life. Yet the situation is very different. It's not what you've been dreams of. So your hope and dream can just vanish. But what I want to say to you today, there is hope. There is hope. Where do you find hope? This is a painful experience. When your hope is, like, when your dream is broken, I mean, it is a heart-aching experience. That's why the proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But where do you find hope? I mean, is there any hope? I mean, let me ask that question. Is there any hope? You know, I want to say this to you. Yes, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ. See, it is from God. It is from Lord. He has to give us hope. It is the ability. It is the power. We, Christian, we have to, have to experience. I wonder how many of Christians actually experience this power. I hope and pray we can experience this power. Practice, exercise this power. God, has, God will give, give us this power. Which read third point. Jesus can restore your broken dream. When two disciples in today's text met Christ, met Jesus, their dream get restored. Verse 32. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us when we talk with us on the Lord and open the scripture to us? When Jesus opened the scripture to them, when our hearts are burning, this expression burning, in Greek, it, this burning means set the fire. When Jesus Christ set the fire on our heart, we'll have a, you know, God will start, burns everything in us. He will start to work in us. He will start to do things in us. He will give us the hope. He will restore hope. He will restore the dreams. When Jesus set, our, set the fire on us, it is important for us to open our hearts to Nedim, set the fire on us. John Piper's book, uh, Future Grace, he reprinted uh, a letter by Carl Linguist, a former president of Bethel Seminary. 
Doctor told him in 1988, uh, he had a rare cancer called mycosis fungoid. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I'm saying right. This is kind of skin cancer, which embed all, all of your skins within three, three years, and you die. After he heard the report from the doctor, this is writing he wrote. He made a note. And I was interested in his book. That day in the hospital room, I picked up my Bible when the doctor had left. I turned to the joy verses of Philippians, thinking one might stand out. But what lifted from the page was Paul's testimony in chapter 1. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I discovered that a birth I had, had lived by in good health also was a birth that I could live by in ill health. To live Christ, to die, gain. But by life or death, it is all right either way. So I simply trust that God in his own way will carry out for me his will, which I know alone is good and acceptable and perfect. By life or death, hallelujah. When I read that letter, wow, this, this guy is something. Man, he has a faith. Not only I say that, but you know what? You have that faith too. We, we have that faith too. I was so confident. Yes, we do have that. You know why? Because the moment you gave your life to Christ, Jesus Christ living in you, right? He is an able God. He's a living God. So it is not from you who can have this kind of attitude, even if you walk in the shadow of you know, death and that of valley. You can, you can face even that with boldness because you have hope. Don't you? We have hope. Of course we have hope. We can challenge anything. That's how powerful faith is. That's how powerful the Christian life is. Once we give our life to Christ, through Him, we can face anything. So it's important for us to give our life to Christ. Do you know this song, uh, give, give Them All? Are you chasing Puri? Uh, it goes like this. Uh, are you tired of chasing Puri rainbows? All song. Maybe I'm, I'm the only one who knows this song, right? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shattered dreams of your life. At the feet of Jesus, lay them down. It goes like this, you know, the, give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. You, know, you don't know this song? Oh. <laughs> Shattered dreams, wounded heart, broken toys. Give them all, give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. <laughs> you know, when you give them, he will turn your soul into joy. That's what he said. He will turn your soul into joy. I love the second verse. He never say you have, you, 
you would only see sunshine. He would never say there will be no rain. You know, that's not what Christ teaches us, right? Everything was going to be all right. He doesn't teach us that. But he only promises a heart full of singing about the very thing that once caused pain. Our life, that expression. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. Shattered stream, wounded heart, broken toys. Give them all. If we give them all to Christ, he can restore the broken dreams, broken hope, broken hearts. Baxter, Pastor J. Shiloh Baxter says, God can mend a broken heart if we give him all the pieces. Just give him all the pieces to the Lord. Simple application, three ways, very simple. Walk with Jesus. Uh, see, they talked and discussed these things each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with him. It's important for us to walk with Jesus. Second application, listen to Jesus. When we begin to walk with him, he will speak to us. How does he speak to us today? How? Simple as open the scripture, <laughs> he's going to speak to us. When you open the scripture, when you open the Bible, he's, he speaks to us all the time. See? And beginning with Moses, all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all scripture concerning himself. It is important for us to hear from the Lord, prophets, and from the Moses, from the New Testament, everything. Then last point, recognize who Jesus is. Then their eyes will open. I like this expression. And I was praying for our congregation, Lord, when we have worshipped today, let our eyes be open and they recognize him, to see Jesus and recognize him. Can you recognize Jesus? Do you recognize him? Who is Jesus to you? Let me ask you, who is Jesus to you? If you say, you know what, Jesus, uh, he is son of God, he uh, came to us 2,000 years ago and died on the cross for us. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's God. Is that your answer? We, we, we have that answer, right? But who is Jesus to you? Really, I mean, who is Jesus to you? Open prayer, you can say, he is living God. You know what? He is living God. He's my friend. He taught he listens when I speak to him. He talks to me all the time. I can recognize his face. I hope you can say that. As we walk with the Lord, deeper and deeper, at the beginning stage, maybe you can't really recognize him. Now maybe there's somebody there, but I can't really recognize him, who he or she is. But as we spend more time with him, I hope and pray you can recognize him. Recognize who Jesus is. Hope is not optimist opinion. You know, optimist says, uh, we don't have a cup here, but let's say this is a cup. Cup is, you know, uh, yeah, let me move that. You know, optimist said, cup is half 
Fool, it's not even half, but I mean, oh, this is a fool, you know. <laughs> Pessimist might say, hey, look at that, this tiny water. It's empty, empty bottle. But one who have hope is saying this. God is holding this cup. God is holding this cup. God is holding my life. He is the living God. Therefore, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I just give my best shot, what God has given to me today. With faith, with confidence, with expectation, anticipation. God, you will do great thing through me. Because you are my living God. That is the one who has hope. That's why I asked uh, uh, Ninda to sing the song. Old song. I'm sorry, being an old man, I know old songs, but, you know, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, the life, therefore is worth living. Because he lives. It's fun to have a great life. I mean, I see people coming, I mean, it is a spiritual battle. Why? This is great life God has given us because he's holding my life. He's living God. I don't have to worry. So I asked Linda to sing this song as our last song. Let's, let's, let's pray together. Lord, we ask uh, your special anointing upon us, Lord God. Though we say we believe in you, Lord, often uh, we just don't have hope. Our heart is so broken, so somehow we lost hope, Father God. Therefore, Father, we come to you, Lord, at this very moment to encounter you, Lord God. We want to meet you, Lord Jesus. Whenever people meet Jesus, their broken dreams and broken hearts, their broken hopes are restored, Lord God. So I pray, Lord, would you meet us today so you can restore us. We need to be restoration. We need to have restoration, Lord God. We're not serving. We're not believing God who is not there. We're believing, serving, believing God. We want to walk with you, Lord God. We want to listen from you, Lord. We want to speak to you, Lord. Sometimes I, I get just, I wonder why you are so wanting to have relationship with us. What's the picture about us, Lord God? I often ask that question. Yet, you keep telling me, telling us, you are special. You are my child. Because of you, I give everything. You are that important. Lord, have mercy on us, mercy on us, mercy on us, Lord God. 
pour out your special anointing upon us. Restore hope, Father God. Restore our broken hearts, Father God. So can we boldly face tomorrow with anticipation, hope, Father God. Bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.